move out of the 90s, I gotta ask. Uh, yeah, hit me. Who wins in a fist fight, Troy, Dyer, or Jesse? <laughs> well, one wants to have a fist fight, one doesn't want to have a fist fight. <laughs> so Troy wins in a fist fight. But um, I always thought Jesse would talk him to death. No, oh, Je just well, hold on a second before we start. You know, <laughs> before we start, let's talk this through because I definitely want to fight. But hold on, before we do, if you're looking back on your career now, do you feel like Training Day was a big pivot? I mean, it's easy to kind of look and be like, oh, it's the end of the '90s, and that was that decade that he was so associated with and so fearful of being associated with. And then Training Day hits right in 2001, and mm -hmm. it feels like it's just this kind of second act in a lot of ways. It's not the kind of film that I think a lot of people would have thought about you for that role or mm -hmm. cast you in that role in, you know, even three, four years before that. Mm -hmm. That was my, when I started being an adult actor. Huh. Something switched. You know, when you're with Denzel, it's, you're in the big time, right? The movie's going to be seen everywhere. Everything he does is seen that way. But it was this idea that I challenged myself. What if I could be as relaxed and confident as I am when I'm just acting with my friends, as I am on this big stage? And it happened, and I was able to do it, and I was able to apply all the same things that I've been learning about acting through my work with Rick and through my work with theater, uh, with Denzel on that movie, and it worked. I think that, yeah, hell yeah, that that's how I survived the 90s, is by answering it with training day. You know, I know that uh, a lot of film nerds like me, we sit behind our laptops and we write, like, Ethan Hawke is hitting uh, a great new fertile period of his career. It's the Hawkenaissance, and then you file it and you get a byline and a paycheck and fame yeah. and fortune. That's how arts journalism works. Right. But what do you think about this period of your career that you're entering in now? I mean, you look at what you've been doing for the past year or two years, and with Blaze and, and First Reformed, like, it really does feel like it's become this sort of Ethan Hawke 3.0. Well, let's face it, what you're right about with journalism is you have to have a, a new angle. Oh, do you? Yeah, you I've been know. doing it wrong all these years. Yeah, you, you know this. I mean, you have to, and usually the angle is either dissent or ascent, right? <laughs> and, and so for those of us who are in it for their life, right, all I've really been doing is the same goddamn thing every day. I'm trying to be a better actor. I'm trying to do this better. I'm trying to learn. I try to put myself, I try to watch movies. I try to study it. I look at our culture. I see my parents. I see my kids. I want to contribute. The arts are a huge responsibility, right? We're, we're, we're the part of the community at Thanksgiving dinner that starts the conversation. What are we going to talk about today? It's a huge thing. I want to contribute. I want to do it well. Well, I've been doing the same damn thing since I was 13. Your job is to make sense out of it. And so for me, it always comes as a surprise when people are too negative, and it comes as a surprise when people are too positive, because I'm the same person in here. You know, Linklater always, he, he's a baseball fanatic. He always says, you know, we caught the seam on that one, you know? <laughs> and when you're always trying, and it's a little mysterious when you catch the seam and when you don't. Because you, you're always trying, I want to make valuable art yeah. all the fucking time. So uh, how's, your, how's your relationship with fame these days? I mean, yeah, uh, it helps, uh, if it helps to get something like First Reform made because you're making it, that's great. If it means that you have to walk down the street and people are going to start screaming out dialogue from you, Again, as flattering as it is to have art that affects people that will stand up on chairs in cafes. Yeah, right, that is cool. People shouting dialogue actually never rubs me the wrong way. You know, I can have people yelling, Yo, Jake! Where's the money, Jake? You know, I, I, that happens all the time. And 
What I don't like is something that happens way more often, which is, hey, can I have your picture? And they don't know who I am, right? Uh, and that, and so you do the picture, and for a second you're kind of flattered, and then they go, and by the way, who the hell are you? And, uh, and, and you're like, wait a second, you interrupted my dinner? And it, it has to do with, they don't care if you're Lee Harvey Oswald or whether I'm Matt Damon or whether, they just know that you're part of this thing called the zeitgeist and they kind of want to touch at it. And that has no meaning to me, right? And when you mention celebrity, one of the things that's strange to me is how, how much that's been a part of our culture and how it didn't used to be. All right, I'm going to give you a lightning round. This is not okay. a merry fuck kill, so there's no right answer here. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, Willie, Merle, or Waylon? I got to go Willie. How yeah. come? Uh, okay, you ready? The songwriting is staggering. Here's the other thing. The guitar playing is staggering. We we're talking about a major Miles yeah. Davis-level guitar playing in country music. And I also feel that... Now... Power of charisma, I go Waylon. Waylon is just, Waylon is the Marlon Brando of country music. Uh, and uh, Merle is maybe the best songwriter, but Willie has all of it. All right, this next one's tough, so take your time. Pacino, De Niro, or Nicholson? Again, no right answers. No wrong Okay. Answer. Jack Nicholson, 1969 to 1980, is pound for pound the greatest contributing actor in the history of mankind. Um, it is staggering. If you go from Five Easy Pieces to The Shining, I mean, it is, if you look at that, Five Easy Pieces, Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces, One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest, The Passenger, Chinatown, The Last Detail. King of Marvin Gardens. King of Marvin Gardens. Um, uh, his supporting acting in Reds is absolutely funny. He had something to say about the American male. This, this fight, this war we have with growing up. You know, we want to grow up, we don't want to grow up. We want to be a kid, we want to be mischievous, we want to fuck around, but actually we want to be powerful and we want to be, we want women to love us, but we also want to be a guy's guy. Like, he, he communicated something that is on par with whatever art form you want to pick. You know, what he did for acting for me is huge. Yeah. Um, and, and that's no disrespect to the other goats. <laughs> uh, Faulkner? Hemingway or Fitzgerald? God, this is really fun, man. This is, we could talk all night about this. Faulkner, Hemingway, or Fitzgerald. Okay, Faulkner's pound for pound the best poet. Fitzgerald is the most fun. Oh. And Hemingway is the best. But who wrote The Sound of the Fury? One right answer, Faulkner. Faulkner. And that's, you know, do not stop. Yeah. Do not press. Greatest American novel of all time. I'm on camera. This is being recorded. I agree with you. That's why I said we're going on record. The best writer? Yeah. William Faulkner. Yeah. Last one. Uh, Lennon, Jagger, or Neil Young? For me, I mean, there is no right answer. You. For me, John Lennon is, uh, you know, reasons to live. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... Uh, Neil Young gets the longevity prize. He lived, you know, and he's still contributing at a really high level. Obviously, Mick's got his 
the fans to make him a case. And I, I, one of my books, I put a quote of his on the front. I mean, I couldn't love him anymore. But John Lennon, you know, when you are worried that the white male has failed mankind, we do have John Lennon. <laughs>